All right, we are live for the Midday Mike and Mario Show. And as always, excited to be back. Looking forward to connecting. And uh, basically just going through this week. Oh, my goodness. I always have the issue of having too many tabs open. Give me a second here. Let me close some windows. Uh, Mario, fill, fill, fill in a blank for me, man. Oh, I'll yeah. Take care of this for me. Sorry about that, guys. So, yeah, welcome to the Mike and Mario Show, M&M Show. Uh, we're starting a half an hour uh, earlier today, but uh, yeah, we're going to look at what's been going on, not just the uh, interview uh, yesterday between uh, Tucker Carlson and um, President Putin, but also what's going on in the uh, banking sector, not not just in the US, but uh, in Europe now, people are, are talking about the fact that uh, there's a lot of risk uh, for banks. We're going to look, uh, there's so many things happening. Uh, the farmers protest in Europe, it seems to be spreading to Wales here in the UK. Uh, what else we're going to talk about? Uh, President Biden, uh, he wasn't too happy yesterday, uh, but yeah. you know, it looks like they're trying to throw him under the bus. So Mike, are you back now? I'm so, good. So I'll let you uh, fill in the blanks. As always, for those who are plugged in, we appreciate your presence. And as always, the goal is to uh, keep you plugged in on what's happening, get a, give an alternative perspective, and, of course, uh, get some feedback from you guys, letting us know what you're keeping your eyes on and things of that nature. So as we get going uh, during this live stream, feel free to throw out some you know, some thoughts, ideas, suggestions in the chat, and uh, make sure you have your questions ready for the Q&A portion. And if you have not already, for support of the channels, make sure you hit the thumbs-up button and uh, support uh, Manigo64 as well as Rethinking the Dollar. And also, I've been reminding people on my side, Mario, to make sure you click that bell notification and then hit all notifications if you really want to yeah. be informed because uh, the algos these days are not the most friendliest. But anyway, um, so we got a lot of things to talk about. Before we do that, just to continue to remind people some of some opportunities that we have. And so um, I know you have something that you want to share with the viewers as well, which I definitely believe is a good opportunity for people. So I'll bring this up here. So real yes. quick, give us a rundown, Mario, of the Dirty Man Safe. Yeah, I was contacted by them uh, last year, and I never thought about uh, uh, safes and stuff like that. I mean, I do have a safe at home, but this one's special because you can uh, put a lot of stuff in it. It's well protected. You can dig it anywhere you want. And uh, the reason why uh, I looked into it, because I think last year there was a problem with one of the uh, companies that kept, uh, you know, safety box companies in the States. Uh, I mean, we've we've seen that here in the UK uh, years ago, uh, one of the major safety deposit boxes in London was, uh, you know, broken into and, and uh, even the government got involved. Uh, so yeah, in this day and age, you know, we're seeing uh, people <laughs> Uh, come through the borders, not just in the U.S. illegally here in the U.K. You, you never know how, how things are going to get. So, yeah, if you were uh, looking to get a dirty man safe to to keep your, uh, you know, your stash or whatever you is valuable safe, uh, go check them out. And uh, my promo code is Maneco10 and you get 10 percent off. Uh, and all the details are below in the description of all all my videos. 
Yeah, good deal, good deal, good deal. And always the goal, the reason we share these things uh, twofold. It gives you guys an opportunity to see what we're doing behind the scenes as well as, you know, take precautionary measures to help diversify how you store um, your your um, your metals. And then also on my end, you know, one thing I've been big on the last couple of uh, about a year or so now is emergency food preparedness. And so, you know, fourpatriots.com has been a blessing to my community as far as helping us just take advantage of the deals that they have for as far as food. So like literally, I don't know about you, Mario, but I have accumulated a nice uh, stockpile of, as, as I call it, my calorie reserves, just in case things happen to hit the fan. And so fourpatriots.com has uh, been a blessing to me, as I mentioned before. So if you guys are interested, um, I encourage you to go to fourpatriots.com forward slash RTD and take a look at some of these deals they have on food and a variety of other uh, of items. So just something worthwhile for those who might be interested. So you never know when stuff might hit the fan or as it's unfolding. So take a deal, take a look if you guys are interested for patriots.com forward slash RTD. And so just a little opportunity out there for those who are interested. So I figure uh, to kick this off, let's talk about um, the banking situation, which will continue to get worse based upon what we're witnessing now. You know, we had a Moody's downgrade and that's just one of many to come. And it looks like the contagion is spreading uh, into the European area. And it all has to do with the commercial real estate issue that's unfolding. Now, before we went live, I mentioned about um, how the, the commercial real estate is a newer phenomenon in comparison to what the previous banking situation was last March, because it was a treasury bond issuance issue or just been underwater. So that was the first domino. And it looks like the commercial real estate issues as well might be the second domino. And the BTFP was for the first problem. So now we got a not a newer problem, but a, a potentially bigger problem that's unfolding right now. So how will the Fed respond to this? And, and will they let something go under before or because I know they're, gonna, they're not going to risk the entire banking system on commercial real estate. So what are some things you're thinking about? Then we're getting to some articles. I, I think uh, what the Fed and the Treasury are thinking is that um, it's containable that, you know, a, a few of these uh, banks some of them have a market cap, I don't know, of 20, 30 billion, billion or less that they, they, they are uh, expendable, you know, that they will uh, collapse, uh, mm -hmm. that uh, the big boys like JP Morgan, Bank of America, Wells Fargo will take over their uh, depo deposits and everything mm -hmm. will be fine. Uh, I think that's playing with fire. And uh, what you said about the crisis last year, it, it was to do with uh, treasuries and the fact that treasuries had gone down a lot in price. Yeah. And a lot of banks had treasuries as uh, reserves, as uh, their assets and uh, their liabilities, though, uh, you know, and that went down a lot. So they couldn't cover their liabilities. And and uh, there was like a, a online digital run on them. And uh, SVB collapsed, of course. But looking at U.S. Treasuries and and, and uh, Treasury yields, it looks like the uh, respite we've had since, uh, let's say, end of October to the beginning of this year, and that yields dropped and prices went up. Uh, it seems like that is over uh, to me because that, as I speak here, we're back up to like almost 4.2% in the 10-year yield. And uh, at the end of the year, we're below four. 
and, and so I, I think uh, it could be not just a commercial real estate uh, as another domino, but we could see the uh, domino that uh, was falling last last year come back. You know, they kind of stopped it from falling. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and with BTFP uh, ending on March 11th, which is about a month from now, um, I'm sure the Fed and the Treasury will find a way to patch things up. And that's why I think they're going to keep pumping the system. And that's why I think, Mike, the S&P is, is trading above 5,000 because investors, uh, they smell uh, fear and, and they, they've become accustomed since 1987 to the green spend put. What's the green spend put? Well, every time something bad happens, the Fed comes to the rescue. You know, the, they come and uh, kiss everything well. You know, it's like a little kid falls down and, you know, and the mom comes and, you know, picks the kid up and say, don't worry, here's a sweet. And that's what the Fed does for the markets. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and and that's why it looks really strange that we've got these banks underwater, like uh, New York Community Bank mm-hmm. Corp. And I think there's some other ones, uh, Western Alliance. The, and at the same time, we got the stock market going to, to new highs. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's one thing, you know, as I was trying to figure out how to approach today's discussion is like, okay, nothing really makes sense. It never did. And so we have, you know, the banking system, which is what holds everything together, showing signs of stress. And I'm going to show you an article in a minute where one of the commentators, you know, analysts talking about insolvency, like it's becoming more obvious how insolvent the banks are. But then again, we got risk assets right now going through the roof. And so as you mentioned, S&P 500, as I brought that up, I was going through you know, this chart here, I'm like, man, this boy just went parabolic ever since, you know, we went on to this, you know, easy debt credit system. And so I actually looked at the M2 uh, and it also around the same time frame going out, zooming out, just running rampant. And then I looked at the purchasing power of the dollar. That boy just completely tanked. So as all that went up, everything else, purchasing power went down. Therefore, you know, overall cost of living for the average person who wasn't a part of this, these rallies, uh, who didn't benefit directly from these rallies, got the short end of the stick. And I'm thinking like, wow, like this is setting up to be something interesting heading in the spring. And the reason I brought up the whole banking um, uh, situation is that I, I just, I'd be very surprised if this banking commercial real estate issue, which, you know, as I, as I said, Jenny Yellen said that, you know, it, it's of concern, but it's manageable. Like once again, what does manageable mean? Meaning that they're going to have to come out and, and create or produce or, try to uh, patch things up before it gets out of hand. Cause this is a presidential year. They can't afford to let no leaks in the bubble uh, unfold. But then again, like, so are we going to have like a continual risk asset melt up where, you know, our, our stock market, you know, going five, 6,000 uh, S and P and like, they got to juice the markets. Like the only option at this current moment is to continue to juice the markets. And then again, the banks will still, you know, have their issues. So it's like, wow. And of course in the dead center of all that, Old gold and silver. <laughs> They're not gonna let nothing show signs of weakness there or strength there. So yeah, um, interesting times, man. But uh, let's get. I want to get show another um, little headline here, just showing more of what's happening. This is just not an isolated event. And so here's a, uh, the headline I was talking about: uh, the risk of bank defaults uh, spreading to Europe. Man Group uh, fund manager says. And just real quick, I, I want to read. There was something I was reading here. It talks about, it says, in Germany and Scandinavia, we are seeing commercial real estate uh, exposure as percent of tangible equity 
in the 400, 500, 600 percent range, Golden said in an interview. He said, if each of these banks takes a 15 percent write down for every dollar they lend to commercial real estate, which I'm not saying is a base case, but is completely reasonable scenario. Not only are these banks not investable grade, they're insolvent. <laughs> and so that's in Germany and Scandinavia. So that's just, yeah, like, so if, if, if the contagion spreads, it won't just be the U.S. So the European bank, ECB, going to have to respond. And then right now, right now, we're witnessing China respond to their bank banking situation. So it's literally like the only thing I can see is just let the printer press go crazy to keep this thing afloat. And it's that's mm. kind of spooky. In a <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure that will probably happen here in the U.K. as well. Just like, you know, back in 08, the real estate crisis. And uh, you mentioned Janet Yellen there, and, and I, I saw that he she made another comment this week that uh, inflation's fine. You know, as long you know if prices yeah, are rising, yeah. it doesn't matter uh, as long as wages are rising too, which I thought was quite weird. And, and uh, yeah, things um, are getting quite 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 strange. Right. And so, you know, inflation is not a problem as long as wages rise. But what about, you know, the consumer price increases at, you know, to, yeah. to life, to our livelihood, grocery store, gas, all the amenities of life that we've enjoyed also <laughs> will be mm. going up as well. So it's like, uh, you know, she won't mention anything about that because yeah. the average person and, don't know. And, and ironically, President Putin yesterday kind of help the BLS and the U.S. government. He said, oh, your inflation is very contained. It's only 3 4%. Uh, he didn't say that it was a, you know, a fabrication uh, because uh, so I thought that was a, a good one. Uh, Janet Yellen, uh, yeah, she's uh, desperate to keep uh, people in the market because she has a lot of debt to sell this year. I think something like 7 to $8 trillion. And, yeah. and uh, as we know, Mike, uh, a lot of countries like uh, Russia, China, and all the other uh, BRICS countries, they're moving away from the dollar um, uh, by every second, you know, and uh, there's not going to be enough demand for it. And I think that's why uh, yields are going to go back up because yeah. uh, investors have to be lured by higher yields, but that's going to really hurt the economy. Yeah, and I saw uh, like a little video clip of Yellen. I wish I would have grabbed it, but she was, uh, it looks like before the Financial House Committee or something like that. And the question was put out there, how much, you know, based upon the fiscal for this quarter, what do you guys anticipate needing to borrow? I think it was, she said something like, you know, she stuttered a little little bit and then she said 760 billion. Yeah. 761 yeah. billion. I'm like, I'm like, huh? So that's yeah. just, that's what's projected as of now, what you need. But I'm like, what about all the other stuff? So the fact that she yeah. stuttered and stumbled and just, well, she, she, threw that number out there. she threw that number out there with hesitancy. <laughs> I watched that too, and the guy, the congressman, or asked her, uh, "What what's happening? You know, to um, you know, how are things going? You know, how how are you looking at things coming up this quarter?" And she said, "Oh, I have to come back to you on that." As if she she wasn't prepared. I mean, right. that's not very uh, encouraging that the person who's running the treasury doesn't know what, what is going on. And uh, she added that, oh, it's actually going to be less than we thought, you know? It's yeah. Like, Speaking of which, I just found it here. Um, <laughs> and so just some commentators, it says, Treasury Secretary Jenny Yellen says the U.S. will borrow $760 billion in the first quarter on pace for $3 trillion per year. 
Her current numbers are not even considering the impact of a recession. If so, the numbers will be even worse. And so, yeah, yeah. maybe maybe you can play it. No, uh, let me see. I can give me one second. I have to. Yeah, I can play it. Give me a second. I have to play it from it with a different window so the audience can hear it. Uh, let me. I got to grab another one. One second here. I just thought, you know, the way she answered him was amazing that she didn't know what was going on. School inflows that you're Oops. Or is it merely? Uh, nope, it won't work. Okay. Anyway, okay. I did, I did play it on one end. And so this goes hand in hand because I, I don't think we mentioned, uh, did we mention Jerome Powell and his, uh, 60 minutes situation on Sunday saying that, that this current trajectory is unsustainable path. Like literally we're reaching into the future, robbing future generations to yeah. pay for the current environment today. So clearly he acknowledges. And I, I think by him coming out first saying that it's unsustainable, he wanted to let it know. He wanted to let it be known first that he also sees that in Greece. Then yelling came in talking about, Oh, you know, it's a problem. But then again, yeah, the thing, from there. Yeah. thing is uh, the fed and the treasury, they're working together. Uh, mm -hmm. Jay Powell said, oh, I'm not supposed to talk about this. And uh, it's the Congress's job to, uh, you know, uh, pare back uh, deficit spending and the debt. But the Fed is being obliging uh, with QE since 08. They've gone from 800 billion uh, in assets to almost 9 trillion recently. And that was all to help the, you know, Congress and, and the U.S. government, the Treasury accumulate huge debts. You know, so they're to blame too. So yeah, they're just playing good cop, bad cop, and stuff like that. And uh, but yeah, he acknowledged the the debt is growing a lot faster than the economy is growing. And uh, I made a video uh, earlier this week that uh, it's going to be like you know a, a snake eating its own head. That's what's happening okay. now, and eventually the economy will collapse. And I saw that yesterday. Uh, Paul Tudor Jones, a famous hedge fund manager, he said the same thing. We, we have a debt problem and it's going to explode because we have too much deficit spending. Yeah. And it, it doesn't help when, you know, during our uh, interview yesterday um, uh, with Tucker Carlson and Putin, he basically mentioned that, you know, we're on a, you know, the, U, the, the U.S. is on a self-destruction pathway anyway with the dollar because we've weaponized it. So, basically just be patient. Like, you know, you don't have to do anything. <laughs> We're doing it ourselves. So yeah. I'm get like, your, okay, that's a good point. Get your popcorn out and, and, and watch the, uh, you know, the, uh, how can I say the uh, demolition? Yeah. And it's the thing like, but no matter what, like, it's not going to be pretty for me here in, in this country. It won't be pretty because you think about oh. all the, all the promises to pay that will be destroyed and lost, you know, and yeah. what you got the pension funds, the social care, all the entitlement spending. So like, it won't be nothing. I, I won't be eating. <laughs> no, it's not just uh, in the U S here in the UK, yeah. the same thing is happening. They're talking about increasing the pension age. And why is that? Well, because you know, the, the pound, the Euro, all, all these currencies are like a mini means of the dollar. And uh, we are, we are derivatives of the dollar uh, dating back to the Bretton Woods system. So it's not just America that's going to suffer. I think it's going to be even worse here. <laughs> and yeah, that's yeah. why I've got my dirty man safe and I've got my, uh, my stack, you know, well and safe because uh, yeah. And it
that's the other thing. If you can keep those, you know, gold and silver through the crisis that's coming uh, and you can keep it uh, to the other end of the crisis that when the dust settles, I think you'll be uh, in good shape. And like you, you as well, Mike, uh, people who prep, you know, who have enough uh, food and water and whatever, yeah, they'll be okay as well. I mean, I'm not really big into prepping, but I do live near um, the countryside. So hopefully I'll be able to uh, source, if necessary, you know, stuff from from farmers. And talking about farmers, maybe you want to move into the uh, the farmer farmers' protests in Europe. Seems to be getting quite, you know, quite uh, quite interesting, and it's spreading. Yeah, you sent that video. Um, what was it? Uh, let me see. Was it? Uh, let me see. The, the Welsh farmer rebellion. Yeah, and they're so starting in, in Wales too. You know, it's just uh, you know Wales is part of the UK, so we we don't have any uh, farmer protests in England, but in Wales it's starting. Yeah. So I was. Um, I, I think I, I was. This, uh, there's a there's an uprising right now. I saw something in in Spain. Um, there. Let me see. Was it not a Spain? So let me pull this up. They're here. using. Uh, aren't they using also rubber bullets in Spain? And uh, uh, I, I mean, uh, it's uh, pretty. It's uh, pretty. So we got. So this is. So we got a farmers' protest in Portugal right now. This is just posted from con uh, concerned citizens, and so you see backed up. You know, expressways, people alongside the road, and it says uh, add Portugal to the list of growing countries revolting against the EU and their climate communism agenda and then we got all types of just footage here spanish police block farmers protests yeah i mean you so, know uh that video i sent you uh, that guy was talking about the welsh uh government they have like mm -hmm. an autonomous government they want to take 20 percent of uh every farmer's uh land um 10 i think to keep it wild not grow anything and another 10% just to grow trees. Uh, I think this agenda is nefarious and, and I'm yeah, glad yeah. the farmers are rising up because what they want, they want to destroy agriculture, the small farmer in Europe, and then bring yeah. in the big corporations like Bill Gates corporations and, uh, and grow uh, all these Franken foods, uh, you know, <laughs> Yeah, genetically uh, modified. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we know Bill Gates has bought uh, a lot of uh, acreage in the U.S. in the last oh, few years, goodness. and you kind of wonder why, you know? The... Yeah, outside, I think outside of federal lands here in, in our country, I think Bill Gates is the Bill Gates and his you know cohort of, of colleagues and the billionaire status are the largest landowners, and then the second is some Chinese investors. <laughs> in our country and so that in of itself is a threat to our health national security financial security well-being and everything else so um it's very very disturbing but then again yeah. like, people don't talk about it you're not allowed to talk about it have you heard about the uh i think his name is miller he's like a an amish farmer in pennsylvania or somewhere in the east coast uh -huh. uh, he uh you know he's got this business he sells everything online you know really good uh organic meats cheese and uh he's been uh kind of uh criminalized by the by the pennsylvania i think state government so they're even trying to stop small farmers 
yeah. from from selling their produce and i think that's it hasn't come to that here in 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 england or the uk but they're doing it another way you know and that's why these farmers in france spain portugal germany you know ireland they're all protesting because they're imposing these uh, agenda 2030 climate net zero thing uh, that that says that farming is bad you know right. I, I think their goal is that we you know they they have the world population because according to them you know we're useless uh, eaters right right and that's where like you know our, everything that uh, has been a part of our our way of life is a threat to their net zero policy to accomplish. So that goes to that agenda 2030, where by 2030, the goal is to have met their uh, standards for eliminating everything that the free world enjoys so that they could control everything. Yeah. And then earlier I watched a video about, uh, I'm not sure, I don't think I sent it to you, but it was Klaus Schwab being interviewed and he was talking about, you know, the shift. The guy asked him about the shift about, you know, about out of capitalism into stakeholder capitalism into shareholder capitalism and being basically led by more of the private sector than actual government. So I'm like, yes, yeah, that, that's not an evil plan is right in front of our face. I don't know what is. Stakeholder capitalism is a euphemism for fascism. And uh, I think, though, there is some hope because the Labour Party here in the UK, they're supposed to win the general election this year. And they had a, a policy that uh, you know, a green agenda policy, they're going to spend 28 billion pounds a year to move this green agenda forward. Uh, but now they have they have had to come out and say that uh, they're dropping this 28 billion pounds spending. So is it because they can see that the public are waking up to this climate uh, change religion? Or is it also partly because we're seeing interest rates starting to go up? <laughs> and uh, the markets are saying, if you spend another twenty-eight billion on top of what 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 the governments are spending already, you know, interest rates are going to go up. And uh, I think it's a bit of both, and which is encouraging. And, and we we've also seen the what's happened to King Charles the Third. You know, he's been diagnosed with uh, cancer. There's a lot of speculation that uh, uh, that uh, he he pushed too much, you know, the uh, green agenda and that, uh, you know, people are not happy with that. So they're using that as a cover to bring in someone else, i.e. his son, who knows? Uh, I mean, but. Um, that goes uh, right in hand with uh, Biden and over here, how just to, I'm looking at the chain of events. So we had Tucker Carlson and Putin. We'll get into that more in depth. And then at the same time, the information about uh, Biden's, you know, record keeping days when he was vice president surfaces and his people threw him out in the public at 745 p.m. on the same night as the world was supposed to be tuning in to watch some type of, you know, earth shattering conversation between the world's greatest enemy <laughs> and a, a U.S. journalist going rogue <laughs> type of type of narrative. And he just stumbled, fumbled, bumbled his words. <laughs> Mexico's bordering the Gaza now. It's like, so all of that said, literally, it's an agenda to distract us as well as to probably get ready to throw him under the bus completely in expectation for a, a new potential candidate. Because there's no talk about any of the DNC activity, no debates, no elections, no 
is nothing because everything's been focused on the GOP with Nikki Haley <laughs> losing in Nevada to none of the above. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just political theater, but I mean, it's it's entertaining. But did uh, uh, his press conference come out during the uh, Tucker interview? So I so I saw the Tucker interview. I went over to TuckerCarlson.com and watched it at six. I put on two and just to as fast as I can. His came out at 7.45 p.m. And I wasn't even aware of it. Literally, I checked Twitter. They announced, you know, breaking news, emergency lives or live event tonight. You know, Biden answering some questions. I'm like, I'm like, Biden ain't been in front of the media answer, answering legitimate questions in two, three years now. It's just his whole presidency. They've been hiding them. Now they're going to throw them out there in the public and let people have it at, let them take it to them. Now, listen, one of the questions, you know, about... <laughs> Is his mental is his mental health good? He was like, my mental health. I'm, it must be good because I'm letting you talk. Or so it's like, yeah, oh yeah, your memory. About, no, he said, oh, your, is your memory uh, okay? And he said, of course it is. I, I'm letting you uh, ask me a question. What's that got to <laughs> do with memory? You know. So, but uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty. Yeah, that's what's going on. And uh, in terms of the. Um, you know, that interview, uh, what I would say is if you haven't watched it, you should watch the whole thing. And mm -hmm. uh, because I think the mainstream media is going to try to spin it. <laughs> and uh, if you don't really watch it, uh, yeah, you won't know. You have to make up your own mind uh, about, you know, what you think about Putin. There so you I go. said, here's, a, here's the article you sent me with the headline. <laughs> and I'm like, huh? I'm like, how in the world did you get this out of that? But Vladimir Putin's stunt was like interview, interviewing Hitler without asking about the concentration camps. It, it confirmed the Russian president is mad, bad, and dangerous. I was like, like he yeah. seemed to be, and, and like, not even, I'm not a fan, not, you know, pro this, whatever. Just, I'm just, I'm not a spectator because it's all about, they're all doing this to humanity. But from the outside looking in, a non-biased viewpoint. He gave me a history lesson on, he gave us all a history lesson oh, on yeah. Russia yeah. that was very profound. I'm like, I'm glued in like, whoa, like assuming it's true because he gave Tucker some documentation with from the mm. archives to verify signatures yeah. of, so I'm like, yeah. okay. So he clearly had a strategic advantage in trying to paint that picture and then mentioning that, you know, we would have peace by now if it wasn't for Boris. So I'm like, oh, okay. So I thought you, you know, share your thoughts on that, but he laid out a good case of overall nothingness, but it's real subtle in the fact that he's not the bad guy that the West makes him out to be. So um, he literally wants to do the best for his people, yada, yada, yada. And their economy is doing quite well. He made it clear that the yuan is uh, being in use heavily amongst his country and other countries and the dollar less. So I'm like, yeah. okay, he just said everything we know. But yeah, it, it wasn't what I was expecting. But I guess in hindsight, you know, it was somewhat entertaining. Mm. So, yeah, about Boris, uh, I had heard about that, that uh, he'd gone to uh, Kiev in 2020. I think it was around April to tell um, Zelensky not to uh, go ahead and get a, a peace deal with Russia. And, uh, of course, Boris Johnson has denied it. He said he's, he went there just to, like, maybe talk to him about it, but he didn't tell him what to do. Mm. So Putin yesterday said, yeah, the the Ukrainians even provisionally signed the, the papers, and we did as well. He said, we withdrew our uh, troops from near uh, Kiev. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, they reneged on it. And uh, 
<laughs> and we'd taken the troops out. You know, it, it wasn't in good faith. But Boris Johnson today, he he's denying it again. He's saying that it's propaganda. But we know that Boris Johnson is, you know, is not very, he's a bit economical with the truth. As for the other uh, things that Putin said, the history lesson was really interesting. It went on for a while, but uh, sometimes you have to go back in history to see why things are happening now. One thing that wasn't uh, new to me was that, uh, you know, this con conflict between Kiev and the eastern provinces in, in Ukraine, that didn't start in 2022. It started in 2014 when the CIA fomented a, a coup d'etat yeah. in, in, in Ukraine. And uh, the, the Ukraine, in the Ukrainian uh, like uh, government and the uh, Russian ethnics in, the, in eastern Ukraine, they've been basically in the civil war since 2014. And uh, while most people in the West think that uh, Russia invaded the Ukraine, Putin said, no, we w went there because they, they were going to attack the eastern provinces again, they being uh, Kiev. So, but of course, in the West, they will ignore that and say that Putin attacked. Uh, right. I, I, I'm not taking sides. I'm just telling you that, you know, there's always two sides uh, right. for things. And, and one thing that's starting to become more apparent is the fact that, you know, a lot of three letter agencies in the West have been the provocateurs to a lot of events around the world, i.e. the CIA, as Putin mentioned, even potentially calling out Carlson. He's like, well, you you like like what he said, you you know, want to be one of them. Good, good thing they didn't let you in. And a lot of things went off in my mind because when I was ranting about the potential interview, people were saying, Mike, don't fall for it. Carlson is a CIA agent. You know, he's really like I'm like, oh, well, I don't know. I don't know. But then. Looks like Putin did his homework and found out that Carlson did apply for the CIA. And I'm thinking, like, okay, just, you know, yeah, I think or had on. Yeah. But Tucker Carlson's father apparently was CIA, but uh, I've got someone here, if you don't mind, uh, William, uh, saying, uh, please be sure to inform your American viewers to 28% capital gains tax on bullion sales. So, yeah, I mean, here in the UK, there is no capital gains tax if you have coins of the realm, like sovereigns and Britannias. I'm not too familiar with the US tax situation. But yeah, I think there's a capital gains tax on gold in the US. But do you know about yeah. that, Mike? But yes. only to make a profit on it, right? If you buy it for 2000 and you sell it for 2000 I mean, Correct. So there, there is somewhat of a movement taking place uh, within our country where you know I, I don't know the full list of states that have d uh, d well, d well, was it no they've removed capital gains taxes uh, or state taxes they've removed taxes off of the sale of bullion within the state. Now at the federal level, I I, I don't know, but state taxes wise, there's a good chunk of states now that that are spreading. Oh, yeah. Definitely that have right. you know taken away the taxes, so that's where like you know state federal. I don't, I don't know how they're gonna mix that up, but yeah. I'm the, thinking like, go ahead. Uh, the thing is, I mean, uh, here in the UK, physical gold and silver are not considered financial investment, and they don't incur you know uh, coins of the realm don't incur capital gains. What you need to do in the US is check with your uh, accountant or, or whoever 
because mm -hmm. I, I'm not a, a tax expert, but yeah. even if there is, and I think there might be capital gains tax on profits on, on gold, um, you're going to have capital gains tax on everything. So, right. and at that point, if they really look to press to, for people to report and things of that nature, the world obviously going to be in a very different place to where they're that desperate to where they're going to find a way to make sure that you know, they get their cut of that because they don't want anybody profiting off of this transition. And, and then also a good way of kind of getting a little bit of a taste of what could come from precious metals would be with what's uh, being put out there. I sent you that, that screenshot of uh, what they're trying to do in a crypto space uh, in the UK. And I saw someone oh, yeah. post that the UK is usually the test bed for regulation that comes to the USA. And so this was just put out there by Bitcoin News. It says UK regulators uh, have stated, have started sending out emails asking for up-to-date information about the activity of self-custody wallets. So to me, self-custody wallets will fall in line with, you know, the person having something in their own possession outside of the system's control and them wanting to keep tabs on it. So they're asking for addresses of the crypto space. Please update your crypto address. So we can make sure that this is your this is your address, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. If you want to get, get in and out of the, uh, of the system there. So just put that in the gold perspective. Like, you know, God forbid, like they contact bullion dealers down the line and say, can you please confirm the address of people who bought using credit card ABC and so mm. same type of thing can play out, you know, during desperate times, governments get desperate. They try to be creative, even though they're yeah. not. <laughs> one, one thing I would say about the capital gains tax, and this is not, I'm not telling you to do that, but what I would do if possible, uh, instead of uh, selling uh, gold or silver for fiat, I would uh, try to get to know more people and people who are interested in gold and silver or who might want to exchange, you know, gold for something else. Like mm -hmm. uh, I've done a video with a guy from uh, Arkansas. He's got a, a beef, you know, a, a farm yeah, yeah, there. A follow yeah. And he he's uh, had people go there after they watched my interview with him and basically uh, buy, you know, beef for a, uh, announce a gold so that way you know it doesn't go through the books but i'm not telling you to do that i'm not trying right. to avoid taxes i'm just saying uh, that might be interesting <laughs> yeah and then also um u.s coinage in of itself like nickels dimes and things of that nature will also be a they appreciate in value as a silver content price goes up so once again like a quarter, like, you know, taking a quarter, whatever a quarter might be worth at that particular time that, that you know, like taxation wise, like, you know, you, you have just, it says one quarter. So you take that quarter in USD terms, even though it's probably, you know, $50 in, in federal reserve note terms and you do business with that, like, you know, how can you tax that? So, yeah. um, yeah, but yeah, that's just something to think about. So whenever there's a will, there's a way, um, let's get to some Q and a, um, let's get to some Q and A as always, uh, feel free to throw out thoughts, ideas, suggestions in the chat, highlight at rethinking a dollar or Manico 64. So people can, uh, sort of stand out and we will try to get your questions. But let me know if you see anything. Why? I yeah. I haven't seen anything yet. Just waiting. Um, let me bring this up here. 
And then also for those who, if you have any brave souls out there that might want to join us uh, quickly and share a thought, idea, suggestion via the face to face, feel free to do that as I prepare the link here. Oh, the other thing I saw today uh, in the uh, Babylon B on uh, Twitter or X, uh, they said, man ruled too senile to stand trial, still fine to run the country. I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's like like literally by them throwing Biden under the bus, allowing him. Rod, his... Rod says he wants TNA, not Q&A. What's TNA? I don't know. Then. Mm. Uh, Dan Z is asking, hi, Mike and Mario, any live stream callers? Uh, yeah. Are you putting that link up for? I can put the link up for the face to face and best. I could, we can, you know, we can do the phone line as well if you guys wanted to, but yeah, I can supply a number as well if you guys want to do that. But easiest thing is face to face or just throw out the question or thought in the chat. So, uh, Ryan Morosi. Uh, did Putin mention gold? No, he didn't mention. He did not mention gold. He spoke more about the dollar. That, um, like Mike said earlier, that uh, uh, America is shooting itself in the foot. And uh, he, he did say though that prior to 2022, Russia used eighty uh, percent, you know, of their international trade was done with dollars and and euros, and now it's complete almost zero. You know, and he said we weren't planning that. <laughs> you know, right. it was all the sanctions and everything. Uh, thoughts about President Hare? Harris. <laughs> Kamala. Kamala. <laughs> Kamala. Well, I think there's a better chance of having uh, Michelle Obama as president. That there's a lot of rumors about that. That uh, she's going to come on a right white horse and save the United States. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have someone, <laughs> we got somebody joining us. Let me get them in Do here you if think, I can. Uh, Michelle Obama rides side saddle or no, I, I don't think she does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got uh, so, uh, Mr. Dennis joining us in the middle. Dennis, how you doing, my friend? Yeah. Hi, guys. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. What's going on with you? Well, I'm at my uh, ranch here in Mexico and uh, enjoying your guys' shows that I do every Friday. And I had a few questions um, that I just jotted down from uh, the topics today. Okay. Uh, Mario had mentioned bond yields need to rise. Is that to attract the buyers of debt? Okay. Yeah. Now, I follow up on that question. Have either of you been watching the FMOC bid to cover ratios? And then I have one final question, guys. Yeah, at bid to cover ratio. That's uh, how you know when the U.S. Treasury has an auction of uh, bonds for treasuries. Uh, let's say they sell ten billion, and if there's uh, twenty billion of bids for those ten billions, the bid to cover is two to one. Uh, it's still okay, the bits cover, but that's something really important to keep an eye on because they have uh, auctions every week. And if that starts dropping towards, let's say, one, that's really that means that there's very little demand for treasuries. And that, that could lead uh, to people selling bonds and yields going further. So, yeah, it's the treasury uh, bit to cover ratio. Mm, good question, Dennis. What else is on your mind, man? 
Okay, I've asked this question to several uh, people in our circles, Bill Holter, Lynette Zhang, Mike Maloney, uh, many others, and I'd like to ask Mario this question. Um, anyway, here we go. Do all stocks and bonds, ETFs, paper-denominated assets go to near zero in terms of purchasing power when the currency hyperinflates? Uh, the, I think the uh, financial assets will go to zero, but uh, assets uh, of uh, companies like uh, oil companies, gold miners, anything that's real, uh, they won't go to zero. Uh, back in uh, 1923 in Germany, uh, there were a lot of companies that did well, the industrial companies. It, it's more the uh, insurance companies, the you know life insurance, the fund managers, bond, bond funds, people like that, and, and banks. They will be in trouble. Mm. Okay. Dennis, go yeah. Uh-oh, you're breaking up. Yeah, all denominated in currency, which would have zero in purchasing power. So how could they have value? Well, they, they would have value in that, you know, if the currency collapses, you still have the, the certificates. And then uh, when the new currency is uh, instituted, those things would still be valuable. But other assets that were, you know, related to bonds and financial assets, they would just like not come back. Okay, so the bond market is three times the size of the stock market. The bonds would go to zero in terms of purchasing power. Oh, yeah, U.S. Treasuries would go to zero uh, because the dollar would be worthless. Okay. Any comment, Mike? No, I mean, no, you, you've, 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 you've stumped me with that one a couple of times, so we, we've been down that uh, pathway before, so... I guess the, the moral of that story is if it's not tangible and real in your hands, everything else is subject to the to the uh, volatility or the woes of the currency, which basically is, you know, going to the intrinsic value of. But yeah, <laughs> I would much rather have, uh, you know, the physical assets outside the system in, in a hyperinflation. Uh, you know, I wouldn't want even to have stocks of companies that have you know, commodities, uh, you know, as a business, because now there's talk about this great taking and they could take it, take everything, especially when there's a hyperinflation. Yeah. So and for, let, for laughing giggles, let's, uh, let's add, uh, Mr. LBP to the mix. Mexican brother. <laughs> oh my God. I'm a, I just became Mexican. No. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so low blood pressure just got his mexican passport and then dennis he built a compound down in mexico so <laughs> the, yeah. all the rt community going to mexico <laughs> yeah let me ask him hey dennis I, I, have you worked on your passport well i'll be a mexican citizen in about three or two years oh okay yes yeah, so, so I'm a temporary Mexican uh, citizen, I guess now is what they call it. I have an identification card. You got the permanent resident right now. Yes. yes, my wife says yes, so my wife and I both do. 
Okay, okay. That's their plan B. You see, that was Dennis's plan A or, or B. We won, and uh, Dennis, that's uh, low blood pressure's plan B. Dennis reminds yeah. me of uh, Shark oh, okay, uh, Redemption, you know, when they went down to Mexico, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, on the beach. <laughs> LBP, what's on your mind, man? That place, I think it's, uh, I'm not sure where he went. Oh, um, I was going to say, um, you know how they're going to tokenize everything and your house will be tokenized and all of that stuff? Uh, yeah, that's their goal, yeah. Okay, I think all, I don't think it's going to work. I think all that's going to be like the assignat, you know, how the the, the church uh, properties were supposed to represent that assignat. I don't even know how to spell that. But remember, uh, all that's supposed yeah. to represent that money? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they after the assignats collapsed, they tried the mandats, and that didn't even get off the ground. So uh, I don't think that CPC is going to work. Yeah, I don't think you could tokenize work. something like that because you cannot divide a house. You know how? Okay, you have a problem with people. How are you gonna? You know how? How are you gonna divide the the the, the between the people? How's a, a judge? Going to say, okay, we have to sell this house and split everybody's little piece, each person's token. It just, it, it doesn't even make sense to me. The not to like to, to, to make, not to promote or encourage, but literally all this blockchain stuff is a test, test subject matter for them to do all that. Like literally, that's the whole point of the digital ID system. Like you're going to have to log in and have be, be certified to log in and all that verification process stuff. That's a part of what they want to, you know, include, include in this digitization and tokenization of the world stuff. So uh, blockchain is not by mistake. You know, this whole blockchain revolution that the world's being forced to be a part of, it's for their system at the end of the day. Like we're the test subjects through all this decentralized stuff that they're throwing our way. So I, I think they call themselves thinking this through, but we'll see. Anything else, fellas? Go ahead. Uh, so the government has to finance uh, six to eight trillion dollars in debt. And I watched an interview, and the man said that the FMOC meeting in August that forty percent of the bonds did not have a bidder, and. Isn't that percentage going to increase? Because Jim Rickard says that if you're over 50% with no bid, that the currency starts to get shaky. Wouldn't that percentage grow exponentially with the debt that needs to be refinanced? <laughs> well, uh, I think uh, what we're talking about here is the uh, interest on the debt. And I think the interest on the debt is getting to a point where it's uh, almost equaling tax receipts. Uh, so if it gets above tax receipts, that, that's like uh, historically it's known to really take a country into bankruptcy. So, yeah, I think we need to watch that. And that's why uh, Dennis uh, bond yields are so important, because if they spike let's say to like five, six percent in the 10 year in the next few months, you could see the cost for of interest payments for the government uh, go higher. It, it could, uh, yeah, it could be really um, 
yeah, disastrous. And then the Fed would probably have to step in and do more QE to buy the bonds. But that would uh, really hammer the dollar in terms of purchasing power. Yeah. And speaking of which, the reason I paused a couple of people because we're getting uh, feedback from the mics. But, um, but gentlemen, I appreciate you, man, for joining us and asking those questions. And so Mr. Dennis got his nice little background in, in Mexico. <laughs> yes, I, I built my, my buildings in the color of money, Mike. Uh, this one's gold. Uh-huh. And then I have some silver and then orange, which is education for my uh, college that I graduated from. Hey, appreciate you, man. You? So this guy, we're going we're gonna to do a retreat down there, man. I'm still waiting on the website so we can all meet up down there. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on things every day. But thank you. All I right, enjoyed man. this, guys. Appreciate you, man. All right, LB. All right, guys. What, one last question. I'll get off. What's the next event? The next event? Um, we got the banking situation coming up. We got uh, – what else we got coming up? Uh, uh, what else, Mario? Anything yeah. else? What, what event? Uh-oh. Well, I, I – next event uh, i'm not sure i mean uh, fomc in about five weeks uh or maybe does he mean event in terms of like a crisis who knows where's yeah. mike no i got rid of myself got rid of my, got rid of myself by mistake i apologize um but uh yeah i think more so in crisis and so like literally the banks or I think it'll be some type of false flag event. Like just, you know, as a side note here, there's a lot of speculation about this weekend, Super Bowl weekend, Las Vegas, large gathering, large crowds, just stuff that people float out there. But then again, when things get tough and governments get desperate, ugh, stuff happens. So uh, between now and November, definitely there's going to be something. I don't know what. So I guess we we'll have to wait and see. But in the meantime, you know, take advantage of all the opportunities that are in front of you because, well, gold and silver right now is still being on the fire sale compared to all these risk assets is off to the races and the potential threat of the banking contagion. Like, you know, yeah, position yourself yeah. in a strategic fashion is still important. So that's just my two cents there. Yeah, I think uh, there's so many things that uh, are challenging the narrative or the establishment right now. Like in Europe, we have the farmers protests. Uh, we've had this interview uh, between Putin and uh Tucker Carlson, Carlson, and I think that's divided the public even more, you know, in the U.S. and and even in the U.K. I was reading through comments on stories in the mainstream, and uh, there's a lot of division. Some people are saying, you know, Putin, he's a murderous uh, despot. Some people are saying our establishment, they lie about everything. You know, it's mm -hmm. so, you know, everything is coming to the boiling point, and you've got Apart from that, you got what's happening politically in the U.S. with the election mm -hmm. and what they're doing with vis-a-vis uh, -vis Trump uh, yeah. and also Biden. Is he going to be running? Who's going to run? I, I mean, there's just so much out there. Yeah. Somebody said, you know, we got threat of martial law, war. And of course, we got every day the tech sector is laying off, you know. Yeah. Or we could have where we could have this X disease that they're talking about <laughs> cyber event, you know, they, they've, they've put out enough hints and clues as to what they or are working toward or Taiwan, you know, who knows? Right. So anyway, in the meantime, man, just 
it's February 9th. Be thankful and blessed with what you have. Enjoy life, man. And uh, yeah, get ready for an interesting spring summer. That's all you just, you know, if you prepare for something, you'll never be caught off guard. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, people approaching the hour point. Mario is always good to connect. Great right. back and forth, everybody. Um, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed today's live stream. And it's great to be able to connect with some members of the community and, you know, just be reminded of what it looked like to have good weather <laughs> and palm trees <laughs> down in Mexico. But um, well, be blessed, everybody. Be safe. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you guys next week, Lord willing.